Hey guys, it's uh, D. Roy Everett and Adam Beasley from the Death Files and Taxes podcast that you're listening to right now. Your favorite account, I know. It's the greatest thing in the whole world. A lot of you have been asking what you can do to help the podcast out, and seriously, all we want is a review. Yeah. Hopefully it's a five-star review, but if not, be fair, uh, at least a four. <laughs> we know you're listening. Like I said, we see the numbers. We're all over the world. Like I said, just we see it. We appreciate everyone listening. Help us get a little higher up there. Help us uh, get more new Absolutely. listeners. The algorithms, people can help find us out, and it really does help. So if you can go to Apple iTunes, that's where a lot of you are already listening, or, or wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple, you know, all of these different things. They're all out. Wherever you listen, give us a, you don't even have to write a review. Just give us five stars. If you want to give us a review, that's cool, too. We appreciate it, and keep listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Well, Derek, if you're listening to this podcast, news to you, you're going to have to file your taxes. Mm, I don't like filing my taxes. Well, you know what? You're going to have to do it every year for the rest of your life, no matter what. And when you're reselling, there's always some unique and, and challenges, whether it's your first, second, you know, fifth year. If you're making a lot of money, you might want to become an S-Corporations. And those are one of the things that we can help you with here at Adam Up Accounting, because we know our taxes for resellers. Well, how do I get a hold of somebody at Adam Up Accounting? You can go to our website, adamupaccounting.com. We've got a little comment section on there. You can send us a message. Um, it's got our phone number on there. Shoot us an email. Hit us on social media. We'd love to help you out, see if you can uh, answer some questions about reselling. Because we know it's confusing, and like I said, it's just one of those things you have to do. Because if you don't, you're going to be in trouble, D-Roy. <laughs> promised a big Halloween get, and it doesn't get any bigger than this. We found the uh, OG pioneer podcaster himself, Mr. Halloween, uh, Jim Harold. Jim Harold's been podcasting since 2009, according to my records. Uh, he's a pioneer in not only the podcasting field, but he's got uh, Paranormal Podcasts, The Campfire, which I never miss, and uh, he's, he's done several other podcasts. But Jim, welcome into Death Piles and Taxes. Well, thank you so much, guys. And I will say I've been podcasting since 2005, but Campfire's been since 2009. 2005 was a paranormal podcast. So, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. <laughs> and over, uh, let me see if I got this one right then, over 50 million downloads? That is correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's not that's... as impressive as it sounds, but uh, it's cool. It's cool to be able to say that. It's uh, it's pretty impressive to two guys sitting here in Utah talking to you. So it's it's. A... I, uh what reach can do so um i'll be honest jim i'm not looking forward to this podcast i <laughs> well, maybe hate spooky say that about stuff. my shows <laughs> I, I am not a spooky guy derek uh kind of sprung this on me um two reasons why i grew up in pahrump nevada uh, oh the home of the great art bell i know uh aliens are real um, and the other thing is while I was going to college, I lived in an old mortuary and I know ghosts are real and I don't like talking about it. So that's my preface. 
there you go. We'll see, but go surreal. That's that's the take home message. And Art Bell is awesome. Yes. I, I kind of like to ignore it like my diet. I know I should eat better, but if I never, you know, think about it or it's just gonna go away. So Yeah, me too. I'm I'm hoping for that. It hasn't worked yet, but it it still may. It still still might be there. Well, Jim, before we get into all the spooky scary stuff, which everyone's listening for, uh, and it's the spooky time of season, which is uh is is Jim Harold time, but I hear the spooky studio runs year year long. I can't say it, but I've heard about it. Just uh, how did you start this out? How did you how did you become the podcast uh, man that you are today? Well, it boils down to this. I was a failed broadcaster in the sense that I went to school for broadcasting in college and I graduated in the early 90s. And like so many people, I did not end up in front of the mic or in front of the camera. Uh, I fell into a radio advertising sales job and I liked it. And I said, hey, I get to write copy and do uh, cool things. And radio salespeople make pretty good money. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, this is, this is kind of cool. I can, I can put off that dream a little while of being a, being a broadcaster. And then I looked up and I was in my mid-30s. Uh, I had a wife and two kids. And I said, uh, uh, I got to keep these radio sales jobs because I can't afford to go to Paducah and go to a small market and start, which is what you used to have to do to, to break in into any kind of broadcasting. So I was a little bit frustrated, and uh, I heard about this thing called podcasting in 2005, and I heard people like Adam Curry and Leo Laporte doing it. It was very niche. Not many people knew about it. And I thought, well, you know, I'd be interested in starting a podcast, but it's important. It was important to me to pick a topic that I was legitimately interested in, and I also thought other people would be interested in and wasn't done to death already because there were already, you know, some podcasts out there. Sports, I'm not going to add anything. I, I've got, you know, I'm a fan. I enjoy sports, but I'm not going to uh, add anything. Music, you can't do because of rights issues, and you still can't do it almost 20 years later. Um, <laughs> we know, know too much about that. <laughs> uh, politics, I don't want to get into politics. I don't want to make any enemies and and I have my views, but I respect people who have other views, and that's not very marketable when you respect other people. Uh, you've got to be either hot or cold. Um, so the thing was is the one thing I kept coming back to was since I was a little kid, I watched In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy and then Unsolved Mysteries in my teen years with Robert Stack. And I loved those shows. I loved the paranormal. I'd go to a library or a bookstore when we still had those. And always would go to the section with that, and the bookshelf was too small. So I said, you know what? I looked around. I didn't see a lot of paranormal podcasts at that time. Ha <laughs> ha, there's about 20,000 of them now. <laughs> and um, I said, you know what? I've got an idea for uh, to do an interview show, kind of, you know, what Art Bell did, not nearly as well, but an interview <laughs> show with authors and experts on the supernatural. And let's see, what will I call it? It's a podcast, and it's about the paranormal. I will call it the Paranormal Podcast. And to tell you how early it was, guys, the Paranormal Podcast was available. <laughs> and now it's a registered trademark of Jim Harold Media, by the way, I have you now. Way to uh, go. <laughs> but the, the, the point being that uh, it was really early days. And I dabbled for a few months, and then I stopped, and then I got a management job with another media company, not in radio marketing, but in other advertising. And I didn't do a show for months, and people kept emailing me. And then I got uh, – that job went by the web wayside. 
got another job where I thought, this is going to be the job. I was working as a digital sales manager for uh, CBS Radio in Cleveland for their four-station cluster of stations. I thought, oh, working for CBS, this is the dream. And frankly, after about six months, I'm like, eh, this isn't so much the dream because internet advertising wasn't hot. I was like, you know, I was trying to sell ice water to, to people living on the North Pole. Nobody wanted it. It was before smartphones were really popular. So I thought, you know, this podcasting thing, people keep emailing me about it. You know, I'm not the brightest bulb, but, you know, you're beating your head against the wall over here and other people are asking for something. So I started producing episodes again, really in earnest in 2008. And uh, I told my wife, I'm going to do a show every week for six months and see what happens. If if it's going to catch on, I'll know by then. There'll be some kind of a sign. About six months in, I got my first sponsor, Audible, and grew it as a side business right along. And then in 2012, I was able to say goodbye to all the various sales jobs and start doing this full-time. And I've been doing it full-time for nine years. Wow. Congratulations. Way, way, yeah. to, way to go. Like I said, I'm always that uh, confidence builder. Like I said, I own an accounting firm. I All I do is I deal with self-employed people and that's what he say is, hey, if if you uh, can't do it on your own or if you've never thought, like, give it a shot. Go give it a try. That other job. Why not? Be why there. Yeah, I why mean, not? What are you going to lose? It's a little scarier now because I'm a little bit older. But back then I thought, you know, if it doesn't work, I'll just get another job. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> and luckily it's worked. Now, you guys know being in business, and I don't often get to talk about podcast about business very much. But my philosophy is you're only as good as, you know, yesterday. In other words, just because I've succeeded doing this full time for nine years does not mean that I'll ne- necessarily succeed for nine more. So my goal is always looking forward, always watching out for any changes, any dangers, any places where the business could go south uh, and keeping my eyes wide open and not assuming that past success indicates future success. And every year has been better previous since I've started this, even through the pandemic, surprisingly. And I just hope it keeps going like that. And I, I try to be thoughtful. The The business side of it is based on um, a split of revenue from, uh, I have premium members because I've done about 2,200 shows. And, you know, the my main shows, there's about a dozen of them available for free at any one time. There's always free stuff to listen to. And the vast majority of people are free listeners. Yeah, that's that's what happens. Once we get into something really good, like I said, the internet gods kind of shut us down because it's like talking about Area 51. It's one of those things you're not <laughs> supposed to do. Well, I don't know how much of that rambling you heard, but I was telling you how my business is structured and how the revenue goes. Uh, part of it's premium, part of it's advertising, and that was basically it. Don't know how much of that you heard. Well, I'm sure you you do have that that great accountant, and he tells you to take lots of travel trips and listen to podcasts. I mean, that's what Derek and I do. Um, that's what my accountant tells me to do, at least. But uh, it, that's it, when you work for yourself. There's so many different opportunities to, um, you know, really make uh, make more money, but make it in an enjoyable fashion. And that's obviously what you're able to do. Is you talk. Um, podcast you talk about paranormal activity and aliens and whatnots and whatnots adam doesn't even want to say the word ghost (laughs) no really jim i did i grew up in a town called perump nevada in the early mid 90s late 90s and i saw green lights 
I saw things that a guy is not supposed to see. And uh, that's why I don't like talking about it. So Art Bell, yes, he is a, a big fixture down there. I went to high school with his nephew. Um, I know when he died, um, controversy around that. So have you ever been to Pahrump? That's my question, Jim. I have not been to Pahrump, but I would love to go to Pahrump. Well, I mean, I ever... all, all serious, all, all joking aside, uh, I was about to say all seriousness aside, all joking aside, really, anybody that does this owes a great debt to Art Bell because Art Bell is kind of like, I think of Art Bell as like the Johnny Carson of paranormal talk. He's the guy who kind of set the standard. Uh, I know people have fun at his expense and things, but he's really the guy that did it. So anybody that comes after, whether in radio or podcasting, really owes that guy a debt. Well, whenever you get down there, you let us know. I'm going to make Adam come, and we're going to listen to you tell ghost stories the whole way. And uh, he'll probably not ride back with us, but it will be. <laughs> I, love the, I love the fact the reason he doesn't like it is because he believes in it. Usually it's the other way around. Oh, I don't believe in that stuff. It's silly. I don't I don't need to believe in it. It's it's real. It's just like <laughs> drinking water. Like that's real. It's happened. I mean, that stuff is real. Yes. Yeah, it, well, is. it wouldn't be a Halloween episode, Jim, without some stories. And from what I understand, you might have brought a few for us. Now, Adam might leave the room or he might stay. We'll see how, how brave he gets. But uh, did you bring some for the listeners today? Oh, yes. I thought since you guys do eBay and stuff like that, I'd at least give you one or two kind of haunted uh, object stories. And then we can we can go from there. Uh, the first one is about uh, a story called They Came With The Mirror. So we had a caller out in Los Angeles and he was going to an estate sale. He saw some various items he wanted, but it was all a little too pricey for him. He was on a budget. Michael from Los Angeles, and uh, he uh, he gave the lady that was holding the sale the a card and said, hey, you know, if you get towards the end of the week here and you need to unload a few things and the price comes down a little bit, let me know. So anyway, sure enough, gets to the end of the week at the end of the sale. This lady calls him up and said, that piece you want, you know, I'll be willing to work with you on it. Uh, I like you. I like your attitude. I got people down here trying to rip me off. And I'd loved it for you to come back and, and get that piece you were looking at and maybe some other things. So he says, okay, it goes on down. So um, they agree on the stuff. And she says, you know, another thing I'd like you to have is this antique mirror. I think, I think it would be perfect for you. Famous last words. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he says, okay. So he takes it home. Then all of a sudden it's in a, it's in a upstairs bedroom. All of a sudden, over the next days and weeks, they start hearing shuffling and they start hearing people walking and they start hearing voices and this happens. And uh, over a period of time. And one day, uh, he's I think he's in the same room with the painting and he's taking a nap on a couch and he wakes up and there's a bunch of people standing there in old time clothes and it looks like they're dancing like old-time waltzing kind of dancing. And there's one guy who's like the central figure in the middle, and he walks up to him, Michael, on the couch. And he leans into Michael and he says, We came with the mirror. He said, We like to dance. We didn't get to finish our last dance. That's where you come in. <laughs> 
And Michael's like, what? 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 And as soon as all this appears, it disappears. And he went ahead and got a paranormal investigator to come in and uh, came in and did some stuff. And then he didn't hear from him a while. And then uh, he called him up and he said, well, you probably didn't have find anything. And he said, well, actually, we did. And we got to meet. And he goes on to tell him all these different things. Uh, but that that the place is haunted and so forth. Now, the interesting thing is Michael still has the mirror. I ended up doing a follow-up YouTube video with him, oh, maybe around the beginning of this year, I think, and he still had the mirror, and he actually had the mirror in the house, and things calmed down after this. But the thing is, is that I would get, I don't know about you guys, but I would get rid of that mirror so quick, your head would spin. Why would you keep that? What is wrong with that man? <laughs> well, he's a very nice guy. I don't want to cast any aspersions. It's just a different way that I would deal with it. Yeah, I think I'd have had a, a yard sale uh, for you to get home. I think uh, it would have belonged to somebody else. Wow. Well, since we're talking about estate sales, I can give you another one. And this one is about a painting. So anyway... Uh, our caller who told this, and this is a long time ago, this is probably 2009, 2010. And I'm in contact with him and, and uh, he still stands by the story for sure. And uh, the thing was, is that when he was a little kid, uh, his mom and dad were divorced. So uh, him and his mom lived with um, one of her friends and their child. I think they were in similar situations. So it was the two moms and I think the two children. And uh, our caller's mom went to an estate sale again and said that the place was kind of spooky. It had like occult stuff and weird paintings and things on the walls, murals. And anyway, so they get this one painting of a woman in a rocking chair and they bring in home. And then... They notice that they put this painting up on the wall and it's very well secured. It's like, a, a you know, how you put a, a angle, a nail in the wall so a painting won't fall off and it continues to fall off the wall. And then at nighttime, and remember, this is a woman in a rocking chair. They start hearing crying. Now, the first few nights, it's very soft and very quiet. But then, lo and behold, it starts to get louder each and every night. And it starts bothering the family and it starts scaring the children. Then one night our caller says it got so intense you could hear the pipes shaking. It was shaking the whole house. The mom said, you know, enough of this. Let's get out of this house or out of this apartment. They came out of the apartment and it was one of these apartments that's you know, I think on the first floor, it's got a big patio window so you can look out and see right to the parking lot. They went to their car. They're scrambling to get their keys. They get their keys in the ignition. They look back into the apartment and lo and behold, what's sitting beyond the glass? An actual live woman in a rocking chair who appears to be weeping intensely. You, if, I wish you could see Adam's face right now, Jim. He's <laughs> done to him. Oh, I'm so I'm sorry. Him. I can hear what you're saying, but I'm trying not because, like, 
All I know is I can picture now an old woman with a mirror staring at me in a rocking chair, just like <laughs> wanting to get me. And I don't like that imagery because <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm reselling a house and, and it's an old house. It's a hundred year old house. And the woman, she died in it. And I was just there by myself last night and I was already kind of freaked out. So. <laughs> oh, it only gets better at I'm not, going, I'm not going back there tonight. It only gets better. It only gets better. Do you want to hear about this doll that uh, this guy uh, <laughs> encountered? And it goes. Uh, we, we, we do. Derek is enjoying this. I, I know our listeners are, are thoroughly enjoying this. And if Excellent. This, Excellent. I, I love terrorizing Adam. No, I'm just kidding. I, no, seriously. Last year's, I didn't do it because I just, I left the room. And this year he's been a brave, a brave boy, Jim. <laughs> Okay. Well, I legitimately don't want to scare you. If, I mean, I like to have. Oh no, it's too late. This, but, okay. Well, we're, we're yeah, I'll fun. stop our, if you want me to. I'll stop. No, no, no. Our our uh, our listeners are enjoying this, Jim, and uh, and and we're appreciative to have a man like you to tell these tales. Once every well, two every year, this is what I'll go through. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very good. Well, this one is uh, from a man who, uh, uh, when he was a young boy, he uh, he found this uh in the closet he found a doll uh that uh was uh in a suitcase and it was like buckled up and its hands were tied and it turned out that it belonged to her, his mom and he would always try to bring it up to his mom what it was and she wouldn't tell him why it was why it was tied up why would you take like a doll uh, i think it was a boy doll and it was a pretty good size size of a small boy and you would tie its hands up with belts and things. So anyway, the, they got out of the suitcase and then weird stuff started happening around the house. Imagine he sweared that, that he heard the, the doll moving in the closet. So anyway, eventually they get rid of the doll. And uh, this doll, he, when he thinks about it, traumatizes and it scares him. And, uh, Maybe 10, 15 years later, he's walking down the street of a major city that I think was a different city than he lived in. And he looks in the shop of this lost and not lost and found, but used used stuff store, this vintage store, as they would call it now, what we used to call a junk store. And there he sees smiling at him very, very brightly, that same very doll like it was coming to get him and the thing was is that i think it had some distinct marks so he knew it was that doll and he's like oh my gosh how did that end up here i think is uh somehow the belongings got uh you know cast off or sent off but you know several states over it was there i mean that's just amazing to me that this doll is going cross country to terrorize you uh reminds me of that old twilight zone if you remember the one with the uh Puppet Cliff Robertson, the the the, the puppet that kept uh, keeping uh, coming alive. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, kind of a modern day Chucky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, I do think that objects hold energy. I mean, I have like an old pocket knife that belonged to my grandfather. He loved pocket knives, and in a positive way, when I pick up that pocket knife, I kind of feel him. That maybe that's psychological, but I don't think so. I think when you are around an object that it somehow can absorb your energy. And if it's positive energy, it could be very positive energy. 
Uh, if it's negative energy, uh, it could be very negative energy. I've had people tell me, like psychics and experts on this, because I'm not an expert. I just tell the stories that people tell me, say that, you know, when you buy stuff, vintage stuff, you got to be careful because you don't know what you're bringing in with you. Yeah, this is a reason I like doing these Halloween episodes. Uh, my wife doesn't listen to our podcast at all. She hears stuff of me all day at home or, or whatever, but she loves Halloween. She loves the Nightmare Before Christmas. She she loves these shows. And so to be able to, to share this with her, we used to go to a, an eBay. It was like a bunch of people that sold on eBay would meet up near Salt Lake City. And you'd go there and, you know, share your tips and, t- and tricks and uh, that kind of thing, just kind of a community thing. And one of the ladies that worked at eBay mentioned something about uh, people having, they, they were in the call center. And she mentioned something about people calling into the call center about buying items that uh, may may have been haunted. And I've tried to get her to come on the podcast to tell these stories. And I cannot get a hold of her, Jim. After she's told that story, she's almost vanished into thin air for me. Interesting. Interesting. And Adam was there for that. So I know I didn't make it up and my wife was there as well. So uh, I really enjoy these, these stories. I don't know, Jim, why do we like to be scared? Well, I think that these kind of stories are kind of like a roller coaster, right? You know, you get on it or like watching a horror movie you know that you can get on it and it can spook the heck out of you. But after the end, um, you know, you're you know, you're probably going to be OK. And I think that's the the thing about it is that uh, they're entertaining. Now, so now the shows, I mean, I know when we do Halloween shows, we're always going to focus on the spooky and the scary stuff. And we certainly do. But there's also to me, the paranormal. First of all, I believe it's real. But secondly, I believe that it's a continuum. I believe in good and evil, and I believe that there's a lot of good in it, too. You know, maybe that's a message from a loved one who's passed. I've gotten some messages indirectly, I think, from loved ones who have passed. Um, It could be a sign when you need cheering up. So I think that if you look at the continuum of paranormal activity, it's uh, a mix. Some of it's really good and really you know, guardian angels. I know, I think there's a couple of times guardian angels have looked out for me and saved my butt before. Uh, and then there's times when I think you're dealing with pure evil. It's, I think it's kind of like real life, you know, regular life for the life that we recognize our daily lives. There's a lot of good and there's some not so good. Okay, Jim, we're going to be able to tell a lot about your character here in a second. Um, Uh-oh. Have you ever used a Ouija board? Uh, I must admit I have once. Oh man. Before I ever before I ever started the podcast, but you know what? Since I started the podcast, we still have a Ouija board in the house. It belonged to my wife when she was a teenager. We have not gotten rid of it, but I will not use it. So it's there, but you won't get rid of it, but you're smart enough to not toil in that realm and get those spirits going. Well, the thing is is that yeah, I did play with it before the shows, but after the shows and I've heard many stories, including one of a guy who claimed that he saw a Ouija board actually pick up and walk like an inchworm. If you remember those old inchworm toys, it would actually like scoot across the floor and a planchette. That's that round that piece that goes in the middle. saw it like spinning in a figure eight, making a mark on the board, carving out an eight on the board. After I've heard some of those stories with Ouija boards, I'm like... Uh, you know what? Maybe it's better that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, have have you always believed in the paranormal or is this? Some... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, since I was a kid, 
My my family had some a couple of great stories, but my, you know my dad was a steel worker. My mom was, and it's probably not the PC term now, but was a homemaker. At least that's how she would have referred to herself. So these were not people who were you know praying to pyramids and you know sleeping with crystals under their pillows and things. They were pretty salt of the earth people. And they had a couple of supernatural stories that never changed over the course of my whole life. And they told him exactly. My mom, unfortunately, passed uh, about nine years ago. My dad, thankfully, uh, he's still with us. And um, she told the story the same. And he's told both stories that he had uh, the same since uh, I've been around. Uh, and I think that got me started. And then I started watching In Search Of. And, and uh, you know, and uh, that really got me hooked. And I've been fascinated uh, probably ever since I was uh, six or seven years old. Well, I, I mean, the recorded voice is, is fascinating. And one of the things I've had a lot of opportunity, I really like family stories and finding out about ancestors and just kind of, not necessarily, you know, family history, so, but knowing stories about my, you know, my grandfather, my great grandfather. In fact, I've got a um, a steel box that has uh, titles and deeds to property that my great, great, great grandfather bought before Utah became a state. Love it. A lot of old type stuff, but technology has made it to where you can literally now click a button, record a story, upload it, and now you have it forever. And I always encourage families yes. talk with their parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and record those moments because they're going to tell it better than what you ever could. And that's what podcasts are. The same thing we're doing. We're just creating a memory forever that, um, you know, just is a lasting thing. And that's why I really appreciate what you do. And same thing, you've laid the groundwork um, for so many people like us, like Art Bell, whatever, you know, you're talking about. Is it just Go out and do it, and you never know how far it's going to grow. Well, that's true. And one last thing I wanted to say, and it's so funny you mentioned uh, the steel box and and that. I've said this, I've been thinking about this recently, because once you get to middle age and you've been doing this for a while, you kind of wonder about a a, a legacy. And uh, two things I hope. I hope, you know, 200 years from now, somebody gets an old hard drive and plugs it into something and says, what in the world is this? (laughs) And they hear some of my shows, and... First of all, uh, to your point, preserve some of those stories, because by that time, all of us who have been on that particular episode will be long gone. And then secondly, um, you know, I think the nature of reality is far stranger than we think, just looking at, you know, everyday life. And I hope that somebody listens to some of my shows and said, boy, he didn't know what it was, but he was right. He understood other things are going on. And and now we've learned thus and so about reality. Maybe we live in a multiverse. Uh, maybe uh, by that time, life after uh, death is proven, uh, after physical death. Um, so hopefully you'll say, well, boy, he had a lot of stuff wrong, but he had some stuff right. And, and he was on the right track for a primitive guy. So, uh, you know, I hope that happens. And I love that. I love that sense of history that you just shared, because I feel the same way. Well, Jim, we, we appreciate your time. We know, uh, you know, you're a busy man this time of year. You're like, you're like Santa in December, Jim Harold in October. Uh, That's right. For, for our listeners out there, there might be a few that haven't heard about where they can find Jim Harold from the campfire in the books. Why don't you plug everything? I know you got a new uh, podcast with your daughter, which yep. is uh, just creepy as can be. And we love it. So no, thank he, you. 
<laughs> well, you go ahead, all you. your plugs and then uh, let our listeners know they can find you. I appreciate it. Well, uh, my main hub of everything is jimherald.com, J-I-M-H-A-R-O-L-D. You'll be able to find links to all the podcasts there. And uh, you can also uh, look me up on any podcatcher out there, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, any of them. I'm on all of them. Look up Jim Harold, and you'll find my shows. Also, the show you were talking about uh, is Unpleasant Dreams with Cassandra Harold, and every week she does a spooky story. And it's a little bit different. It's more of a narrative. It has music and sound effects, and people are really enjoying that. And then my main two shows are the Paranormal Podcast. And for those spooky stories, check out Jim Harold's Campfire. And, gentlemen, thank you so much. It's been an honor and a privilege. Happy Halloween and stay spooky. Thank you, Jim. The head scratchers are our favorite. And for the people listening, it's uh, people call in with their true stories. So what Jim's just told us is actual people that have had the experiences calling and talking with uh, Jim about those. So go go over there and check them out. Thanks, guys. Sex.